Hello, everyone. My name is Juliana Block, and this is my podcast. And today I'm speaking to someone I really haven't worked with so closely, which is like a first for me. Uh, we did work a little bit together. So I designed a poster for a movie he is starring in. Um, but you're also a musician. So maybe you want to say something about yourself. Introduce yourself, please. First of all, Julianne, Julianne, thank you. I know that the J is silent in, in German. So <laughs> uh, my name's Jeff Weber and I'm a musician, actor, do a lot of different types of things. And I am so very glad to be here with you today on your podcast. It's very funny that you kind of um, referenced my name because the last interview I did uh, was with a friend and dialect or dialogue coach. And he kind of um, said to me, I should stop saying my name in the English way or like should make a choice at least. So if I speak, I shouldn't say uh, Julianne, so I should, Julianne or Juliane. So I decided I will go with the German from now on. <laughs> But let's talk about you. So how did you become an actor, a musician? And I also read that you're also a model. Um, what was first? Uh, music was first. Uh, I grew up just loving music. And, you know, my dad was a huge influence on me music wise. And I grew up playing violin in like the third, fourth grade in, you know, grammar school. I have since lost the ability to read music <laughs> and play the violin. Um, but he really instilled a, a love for music and all kinds of music from my Texas-based Western swing, Bob Wills music, who was a, was a huge um, influence on world music. As a matter of fact, he was back in the 1930s and 40s. And my love of music just grew from there. And I started writing, you know, in my teen years, uh, learned, taught myself how to play guitar because I couldn't read music anymore and couldn't play the violin anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I had classical piano lessons, so I think I still can read music, but like I'm totally lost if you put me in front of a piano. <laughs> I know how you feel. And I wish that I could go back and stay after, you know, reading music for the violin. And it's funny you mentioned piano because now as a songwriter, I really wish that I could write songs on the piano, but I don't know how to play because I think there's a huge difference between um, songs that are written on different instruments. Right. And really like songs that were written on piano, like Elton John, uh, just, you know, so many like Cole Porter going back and they had a lot of the Broadway stuff like Andrew Lloyd Weber, they wrote these songs on piano and I just think they have a little bit different feel and I think they're pretty cool. But they usually say, and I would say at least like for me, that's true. If you learned um, a instrument when you were a kid and then, yeah, well, you forget it. It's a little bit like language, but then um, if you go back to it, it would be easier. So wouldn't it be an option for you to just go back and see what you learned about the violin and eventually extend it to piano or lack of time? I think I'm probably too lazy to do that. <laughs> All right. That's a, that's a very honest answer. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, now having a full-time career doing, you know, multiple things, it's, it, it does, you know, we all, we're all dreamers. Um, which I actually want to talk to you about because I watched a couple of your films 
and I've listened to your podcast. I really am digging your whole vibe. Um, you know, we're dreamers, Thank we're you. philosophers. And then sometimes we get caught up in those things and it's hard to go back and go, oh man, do I have the time? To, to I entirely read. understand. So I actually, I was I was giving you the easy way out, just answering like you don't have the time, but you took like the honest way out, like saying you're lazy. And the thing is, like I always think, like once in a while, let's say really all couple of months, oh well, I'm actually getting uh, like a piano, and then I start again, and I know that it'll never happen. So it's the same yeah. like with learning French, which I actually was fluent in school, and now I can't can barely say a sentence, even if I can say a sentence. It'll never happen. Um, let's not kid ourselves. But yes. um, yeah, you're very busy. So I saw, uh, obviously, because um, I made the poster, I know about the films you were starring in. How did that come about? Like you said, you were a musician first. And then how did you get into the movie industry? I, I got into acting and, and doing movies because I was, uh, I, I was, I made a huge transition in my life at about 43 years old, I got a divorce from a longtime marriage and moved to a different town and tried to start a business. And so I used every resource that I had left to try to start that business and found out it wasn't working. And I had to put money in the bank. And I've always been, you know, as an, as an artistic type of person, um, I was like, wow, what am I going to do? And some weird harebrained idea was like, I don't know, try to find an agent and start acting or something that you actually enjoy. And uh, so I signed with my agent in like November of 2017. I got my first modeling job in December of 18. And it's been nonstop ever since. <laughs> That's awesome. So that means you actually kind of kickstarted your career after you turned 40, you said 43, isn't it? Yeah, it took a couple of years of struggling. And I was 45 at the time. And, um, you know, I got that first modeling gig in December of 18. I did a commercial. I got hired to do a commercial in like January of 19. And then my agent said, oh, I need you to try out for this. I thought it was a bit part. And I auditioned for it and some people from LA said, Hey, we'd like me, you know, we'd like to book you for the role of Sheriff Joe. And I thought it was like a, you know, a little small part. And then I found out it was a lead role in March of 19. And uh, once I got booked and the memo came through, I was like, Oh my God, what the hell am I going to do now? I have no idea what I'm doing. And I'm just booked a lead role in a feature film. And uh, so I, I had to learn real quick. <laughs> that's the way to go. And I think that's an encouragement to everyone who thinks they might be too old to get into acting or do anything they really like doing. I think there's uh, never too old. There's just kind of, it's just uh, sad if you don't try. I mean, like if you realize yeah. in the process that it's not for you, that's something else. Um, you as a musician, I think the last video you released in January, or like at least this is like um, the video I saw from what I do for you. How is that different? I mean, you were shooting films, you were shooting music videos. Would you say there's a huge difference or isn't there a difference between the two? You know, Julianne, 
That's a very interesting question. I find, um, I find that each project for me, because I'm a learner and I, I really don't understand all the nuances and everything that goes into it. Uh, I show up and I work and I think that it's all the same for me, but like we say here on the flip side of the coin, there are little differences that you have to understand. You know, when you're looking at the camera, it's a different way of acting. When you're looking and not letting the the viewer in as in a film, it's a different type of acting. I find it very different and much the same. So you always have to be on the lookout mm. for the little nuances. That makes sense to me from someone. I mean, I have done commercials, music videos, documentary type things. And like just now that you said it, I realized something. I mean, my interest lies in telling stories and it's fictional stories. I'm oftentimes not so much interested in reality if it comes to myself being in it uh, than to create fictional stories. But then again, I think this is why I enjoy doing podcasts because I'm listening to stories other people have to tell, which is also different than if you yourself create like... Um, real stories of, of a kind. And that's why music videos are interesting, but not so interesting to me because it's the story, the fictional story behind it. You can create one, but I got into not trouble, but into arguments with the musicians when I created music videos because I usually try to make a short film and that's not necessarily what they wanted. So I actually realized I shouldn't do that. <laughs> yes, that's exactly, um, that's actually wonderful. I, I mean, Because, you know, the video that we're talking about, what I do for you, is kind of a short film in of itself. And I've done music videos before where it's just really about the song and the, you know, look at the performer and here's how they play music. And, and when the director of the music video, when we put it out there that, you know, we said we'd like to do a video on the song, um, he came in and we struggled for like three months because I was actually going no, I don't like that idea. I don't, you know, that's not what the song is about. And I woke up in the middle of the night one night and I went, you know, this guy's a talented person. Just get out of his way. His name's Drake Howard, by the way, the guy who directed it. And I was like, you know, I've acted in films and commercials and I see all these talented people all the time doing wonderful things when I just sit down, shut up and get out of their way. And so that's what I did in that music video. And I, I was very pleased, even though I was totally against the concept. I thought he did a really good job. <laughs> I like the story. It speaks of you, or like it speaks from your ability to just let go and do others their job. Um, that's actually nice for collaboration. And after all, like also there's a second thing I much enjoy doing films that it's a team effort. It's uh, even though I usually am producer and director somehow uh, in producing in, in um, different levels of capacity, it's never my film. It should always be the film of everyone. Otherwise, I think there's no point in doing it. Um, then it's just an ego thing. But then again, that's kind of like every um, director has their own opinion maybe about this. And I reckon for music, it's all the same. So do you have any advice for aspiring actors and or musicians? I mean, one we already had, which is it's never too late, but maybe there's more. I think that my only advice comes from a human perspective. 
because I really have no idea what I'm doing. And um, I think that's true for all of us in life, no matter what job we have. My advice is to always try to have an awareness other than yourself and just be kind to animals, people, plants, just be kind in general and always go the extra mile. Sometimes it pains us, you know, to work a little bit extra hard, but our reward for doing that may not necessarily, no matter what you believe in, might not come to fruition in our, in our physical existence, but I'm a huge believer in, um, I don't know what the word is, karma, God, whatever that is. Um, just be kind. And no matter what you do in your endeavors, whether you're pumping gas or working behind a counter in a fast food restaurant or a gas station or, or you're acting in a huge film, just, just be nice and, and make sure that the, those around you understand that you care about them. I have a small son. He's five years old and I try to teach him that he should treat everyone how he wants to be treated. So that's, um, yeah. I think, a good indicator, uh, at least if you are having a normal moral compass, that is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, it's, it's interesting because, like, with kids, you can see how this develops, like how they understand, uh, I don't know, he's now five, when he was three, he was stomping on a bark because he didn't understand that he's killing it. <laughs> so yes. and then it slowly kind of comes and then you figure out, like, he slowly gets it. So this is, like, really nice. Yeah. And I think that's something he should... I hope he can keep that until he's a grown-up and maybe some grown-ups would do good to remember that, is that um, it all comes around. If you treat people like shit, um, someone might come to you and do the same. Yeah, I know it sounds, you know, silly, especially where I'm from in Texas. Uh, a lot of people, they're like, oh man, why, you know, we have scorpions down here that, you know, are on our floors and all that all the time. I just... I, um, that's actually one of the things I say to people all the time. I'm like, you don't step on a spider. I pick up scorpions. And I put them outside and people make fun of me for it. And I'm like, they have every right to be in existence as we do. So for me to just look at another living thing and just squash it out of existence with, with not a thought, I don't think is a real good thing. I agree. I'm saving spiders and I take them outside because I think it's not their fault that they kind of like uh, got into our house. Like my, uh, my opa used to say, and I'll use this, his Texas German accent. He said, oh, he's just trying to make a living. <laughs> One of the questions I have for you is uh, the films and the music I saw, of, or like what I saw from your work, from my point of view is very American. But then also we were talking and you were telling me about your um, German heritage. Do you want to talk a little bit about this? We're all a product of our environment to begin with. You know, the mediums that I make a living at here in the U.S., obviously, I'm, it's very American. Music, certainly, and we'll get to that. Um, the roles that I play, I only know what I know. And I only know what I've grown up in. Now, I am a, a self-taught historian and I love ancient history. So I study ad nauseum, even though I'm not a formally educated person, like the Roman Empire. Germans, for sure, English, a lot of people on the planet speak some bastardized version of Greek 
and Latin. So I always have that in the back of my mind, but of course I would love to act and, and do music and, in in a in a different uh, in a different country, but you know it's kind of what I'm what I'm dealt with. And then I always play the sheriff, you know, and the good guy, the American hero. So I'm looking forward to playing some bad guys. And I don't know, I'll have to work on my Russian accent or something. Obviously, I realize <laughs> that my question is a little bit provocative if I say like, well, it's very American. But then again, I'm a product of my environment. Your cultural background is set in who you are and your experiences and for example i also came back to germany because i realized i never can make an asian film i was living in asia it's always hypocrite yeah. i always come across like as this colonial white woman making films yeah. which i do not want to be so this is better than to be in germany and make german films or make european films at least so yeah i totally get it and obviously like um very unlikely that if you're in Texas, you get like the opportunity to work per se in a European film. But then if you talk to many people, who knows, there might be an opportunity at some point. I listened to a couple of your podcasts and found it very interesting that you, you know, going back to the beginning of our conversation about just go do it, just go kind of explore and how you left and went, it was, what was it, China and then Malaysia? Yeah, Hong Kong and then Malaysia. Yeah. Okay, so Hong Kong, which we all know, Hong Kong, you know, colonial, uh, you know, you, written, whatever it was at the time, uh, and then Malaysia. And I found it very interesting. I was like, man, I really dig this person because she went out and just put herself in a situation that was totally unknown in a totally hard business like creative, you know, creative, not that any work is not hard, you know, whether you're a computer programmer or whatever, it's always going to be scary, but I think it's doubly scary when you're in music or film or something creative. And, uh, Juliana, I found it very interesting and I, I'm, I, I got to give you a two thumbs up for doing that. <laughs> Thank you. You know, like, uh, if you haven't watched that one, like comes to mind, um, I wanted to try out acting. And I, you know, like I couldn't get a lead role with the uh, experience I had back then. So if you haven't checked it out, Somewhere You Should Find Kings is my second feature, which I shot in Malaysia. So because I couldn't get a lead role, I just wrote a film where I had the lead role. And I decided, okay, acting is not for me after. <laughs> <laughs> so you can make your own decision if you if you like it or not. I, I play this, um, surprise, surprise, this bitchy uh, film producer. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a natural. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, no. <laughs> you decide. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm almost done with, The Curse of Hobbs House. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, the last Yeah, name. no, no, that's correct. That's the latest feature. I am really enjoying that. Um, and, you know, I've been really busy the last couple of weeks with different projects. So I get back to the hotel room or I get home late and I'm like, okay, where did I leave off? Okay, I got to see what Nasser's doing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, which, by the way, I really enjoy his character. Walid, the actor, he's also a very cool dude. So in the fun yeah. part, um, there's one interview with him as well. He has really subtle nuances on film. You want to be really small and think what you're saying. You want to make the audience know what you're thinking. 
And he did that for me. I was like, oh, okay. I don't know the actress's name that played the attorney that fell on the, uh, yes. the antlers. Joe Price. I, as I was watching it, and it was like two in the morning. I just got home and I'm like, okay, I got to pick up where I left off. When she, you know, they leave her in the car and there and there's a knock on the door and i'm like oh of course it's a film don't open the door (laughs) (laughs) and the you know one of your leads she opens the door and all you see is this hair and then all of a sudden when that actress looks up i got I, i was scared and i got chills on my arm and i was like this is what you're supposed to be scared of not gore and all this but the idea of oh my god this is not supposed to be happening so well done there. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's very kind. What's actually next for you? I just signed on for a new film that uh, is going to be a little bit different for me. It's not, I'm not playing the good guy. I don't know what that even means. Good guy, bad guy. It's all from perspective. It's kind of a likable kind of bad guy, which I've always wanted to do. So I, I can't really say anything more about it, except for I got the first 50 pages of the script, loved it, signed aboard a really good screenwriter and, uh, you know, filmmaker that uh, is doing real good things in LA. He was like, Hey man, I, I love what I've seen from you. I love your work. And so I kind of wrote this around you as a different guy than Sheriff Joe or Dale Wilson, the, you know, characters I played in the past. And uh, I read it and I was like, man, call my agent. I'm, I'm, I'm aboard for this. So if people want to connect with you, um, you possibly have a website. Uh, Music-wise, uh, the group I belong to are the radiogunners.com. I'm not a social media person, you know, like most actors and stuff like that. I kind of like to fly under the radar and live a private life. But I'm on Instagram at gojda or Jeff Weber, J-E-F-F-W-E-B-E-R. The real German spelling, only one B. And then, of course, Facebook, you know, Jeff Weber. Uh, and you can cool. look me up there. We will put up all the links into the description of the podcast so people can just find you. Thank you. Juliana, thank you so much.